I worked with AFL players, like you said, like people that were competing in the Australian Open and that sort of stuff. But for me, it was always the biggest frothers were these people who were like 50 years old. They never run a day in their life. And they're like, I'm going to run a marathon and I want you to teach me how I can get there without getting injured. And they would literally commit themselves. And it didn't matter. Like I'd, you know, set them these programs that were pretty labor intensive and say, it's going to have to take a year to get you there because you can't do this quickly. They, to me, are the most inspiring people because they've gone from like, like being on the couch or lying in bed or like some of them had depression or you know like people that have really had it tough and somehow managed to pull themselves out of that to me is so much more inspiring than someone who's been like a natural athlete from the age of six if you're genetically blessed and you've come from a great family good on you and it's awesome and you still have to work hard but these people that have come from a hard place and they maybe were born with injury prone bodies or what have you and then they still decide to put the grit in and make it that's what I'm really impressed by. G'day for Rothers. You know those around us who operate at high energy levels? From friends, family, through to the famous. Those who emanate enthusiasm. They inspire you to be better. Their words give you a rush. This rush fires off dopamine right in the middle of your brain's reward centre. My theory is that at times just before we need to hit our straps, to tap into peak performance in our flow state, we find these people and harness their energy. I call this energy froth. I call these people frothers. This is a journey to find the frothers. To understand how they inspire themselves and others to be their best. And I'll pass it on to you on this podcast, dare I say Frothcast, so you can fly into your next challenge, beaming, pumped and full of energy. This is a coffee shop with a Red Bull chaser. This is Finding the Frothers. Howdy Frothers, what's cracking? What's crack-a-lacking? Another podcast for you here with uh, physiotherapist and and all-round champion of office athletes, Beck Rowe. Uh, listening back to this podcast, frothy as usual, absolutely frothy. The amount of times I say I love that answer to her answers is a testament to how good her answers are and how beautiful her brain is. We talk about everything from philosophy through to who are the, I guess, philosophers of the past through to who are the philosophers of, of the present. Um, we invent new terms for frothing. Listen out for free pass frothers. I, uh, I really love that one. And uh, we talk about meditation a lot and retreats and um, Beck's experience across the board and really how she feels into her own body and then how she guides other people to feel into it because really that's that's where all the magic happens. Um, and one last little thing is that we do talk about the school of life, which is pretty rad. And especially at the end, we're kind of riffing on, we need to connect with them. And surely not through any coincidence, they have actually made their way into my life. And so without a doubt, over the next year or so, I'd say that um, we'll be running workshops with School of Life. And I'd say that I'll definitely be calling back to see what kind of collaborative workshop we can get cranked up. Uh, So it's the power of finding the frothers, the power of hanging out with legends, and the power of simple awesomeness. Speaking of awesomeness, I'm going to release a workshop which was one of the original Finding the Frothers workshops before the podcast was even created. Look out for that coming up and look out for Beck Rowe in this podcast, obviously. G'day everyone and welcome to Finding the Frothers for another episode. We have Beck Rowe with us. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Benny. 
me and Beck met about eight months ago when we hung out in a cafe. I think we connected over LinkedIn and I just I just got a bit of a froth vibe about the work that you're doing. So you're a physiotherapist by trade um, and have worked with some like the major sporting um, groups around Australia, including AFL, uh, Athletics Australia and Tennis Australia, even the Olympic weightlifting team. Super powerful. Um, but you were telling me about the work that you do with your company that you set up called Groundwork. Uh, and I really find this optimization of people's health and you call it uh, increasing the productivity of everyday office athletes. So how do you increase the froth of everyday office athletes? I think a lot of what I focus on is just really taking people who maybe spend a lot of time like sitting on the couch or spend all of their day going from sitting in their car to sitting at their desk all day, come home, sit on the couch again, and don't really do any movement or don't focus on their nutrition at all and just trying to take them into a slightly healthier space. Like I think I said to you when we were chatting previously, I think a lot of the health and wellness world is around like helping people shave two seconds off their 100 meter sprint time or you know, like I was saying, helping them get an eight pack instead of their current six pack. And I think for me, we can make a way bigger difference in terms of the direction of humanity and health and disease prevention if we focus on helping the people that really need it. I love that. And especially in the office space, because I think a lot of people are wasting their potential through not living a healthy lifestyle and, and working too hard. And it's kind of like this vicious cycle of people um, getting stuck um, when they're not putting their health first, which is pretty much the first thing we should do. So speaking of health, what is the number one thing you do to have yourself uh, reaching peak performance on, on your day-to-day routine? My number one thing is definitely meditation, which doesn't sound super frothy, but <laughs> I just came back from a um, 10-day silent meditation retreat and I really could not speak more highly of just spending 10 days with yourself, no phones, you know, no talking, you weren't even allowed to look at another human being and simply sitting on the ground, cross-legged, pretty in quite a bit of pain for 12 hours a day meditating. And the energy that I had when I left that place, like I was jumping off the walls. It was amazing. So since I got back and I've, you know, I've meditated for a long time, but I've been really focusing on making sure I dedicate myself to doing that, you know, at least two lots of 20 minutes a day of meditating. And I find even though my job needs a lot of energy, at the end of the day, I'm still full of energy because I've done that time where I've spent on my own focused and just really not thinking about things and running away with my thoughts like I usually am on my day-to-day basis. Amazing. Um, I think everyone who's killing it in the world at the moment has a meditative practice in some way, shape or form. So um, that 10-day silent retreat is definitely on my list. I'm pretty inspired now. I've had a few friends do it and the transformation that it's had um, so yeah, anyone listening who wants to go for a 10-day silent retreat, uh, let's go hang out together and be silent and not talk to each other. <laughs> uh, so who within your inner circle, we call these guys anchor frothers, do you go to when you need a little bit of an energy boost? I think for me, it's my brothers because they're both super different to me. And I think I'm super high energy. Probably I talk way too much, um, they would say anyway. And they're really grounded, graphic designer, creative types. And so they're the two that I always go to to make sure I'm A, not turning into too much of a uh, Bondi wanker. And also (laughs) um, if I need a bit of creative advice, kind of grounding. They're my two go-to people because I think having people that are super different to you is what we really need when it comes to an anchor, in my opinion. Awesome. And do you um, do you connect with them still via like, you know, Skypes and stuff like that? Or is it just by the phone? 
Um, I don't think my brothers would be super into Skype. They're pretty, <laughs> like I said, they're down to earth sort of guys. They're probably more like we just, I'll just send them a text if I need some advice or like if I'm going to upload a video of myself onto LinkedIn or Instagram, I shoot it through to them first and just get the wankometer test done <laughs> and make sure that they're cool with, um, and you know, making sure that it's not sounding like I'm too into myself or anything. So I think you've got to be careful with that when you're trying to build a profile for yourself in this world. Awesome. Yeah. Always sense checking. I think that's important. I, I like that you touch on that. You you know, just a simple text sometimes can be really important from those people um, just to get that sort of confirmation that we're not being Bondi wankers. Something we've got to be careful of uh, living in the bubble. Um, so I, I mentioned before that you've worked with some amazing sporting uh, teams. Uh, something that's intrinsically linked to health is music uh, to get people pumped up. Is there any music in your life that you'd like to, to mention? I'd say... I mean, my old classic is A Spirit in the Sky, which is Norman Greenbaum, which you may or may not be familiar with. Um, For those of you who don't know, I think it actually has a bit of a religious kind of connotation and I'm an atheist, but just the sound of it. And my mum used to play it when we were dancing around the kitchen at home and it always just gets me super pumped up. Um, But the other one, and this is a bit more embarrassing, is the song from A Star Is Born, which I can't remember the name of. I think it's called like Shallow because that movie just really moved me. And so I've been listening to that. I always have sort of a new song of the moment that's kind of really pumping me up that I usually get sick of after a few weeks. And then I've got a few old classics that I go to. And you're right, they just make so much difference. If I'm having a day where I'm not on, I just listen to the music and it makes so much difference. Fuck yeah, that's awesome. Are you talking about Star is Born, the new movie that's just come out? Yes, the movie that just came out. So sad. Oh, damn, don't give away. (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, I've heard it's amazing. And and the fact that um, Bradley Cooper couldn't play an instrument or sing before and he just did it for a year and a half, which is such a testament to people like... You can you could say he's... Oh, he's an actor, Hollywood actor, he's getting paid to do it. Bullshit. Like, you need to have super dedication to do something like that and it kind of like me being a bit of musically illiterate kind of like oh, I could probably do it too um but yeah it's, yeah. it's such a so and all the and all the singing from Lady Gaga was live as well yeah awesome epic um so speaking of just outside of your inner circle now I guess you you've been in Sydney for a little while at the moment is there anyone just outside your inner circle that you'd really love to connect with um, I was pretty excited to connect with you, Benny. Oh, awesome. And <laughs> I'm actually going to join the Two Space down at Rocker, who are, I think I heard of Two Space again, I think through, was that through you or through yeah, LinkedIn? Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, which I think is an awesome um, initiative where um, Tashi's basically got this idea where you go into a cafe or what have you during the day when it's not being used and use that as a co-working space because I don't have a massive network in Sydney. So I'm just excited to meet anyone new, basically. I think amazing yeah. that's yeah that's that's freaking awesome because a lot of the people I'm going to interview or a couple I have already interviewed on this podcast are through two space uh I'm going to talk about frothers that may have passed away it can be someone close to you or it can be someone who's a celebrity uh even that you still draw inspiration from who would that be I think again this is a daggy answer but I think for me it would be like philosophers of the past which ever since I've been little I've had this like kind of odd fascination with philosophy and people like Socrates and I think the amazing thing is he was alive 
2,400 years ago and he still has better insights into life than most of us do. We've got people now writing all these books that are like, money's not the most important thing and you should question popular opinion. And everyone's like, what a great idea. And actually we've known, we've had these ideas out there for you know over 2,000 years from this guy who used to wander the streets and just question people and because he just believed that there was a different way of living. And I think those philosophers are the people that I get the most inspiration from because they didn't have access to technology they didn't have the massive access to connections like we do we're lucky enough to have now or podcasts or the books that we have but they were able to come up with these ideas all on their own which is i think is just incredible amazing do you ever listen to or watch the school of life on youtube i love the school of life it's my favorite <laughs> thing alanda baton i can't say his name very well but he is like my ultimate crush yeah my free pass Awesome. Free pass for Arthur. Um, maybe that should be a question. <laughs> um, that's awesome. I go on binges. Like, I'll just rewatch a lot of the stuff. Um, yeah. Socrates has, has some good vids in there. Yeah. I'm sure I'd be stoked if he was in the internet age these days with what they've done with him. Um, if you could uh, condense your gifts into one frothy workshop, what would the concept be and what would be the name? I think it's a tricky one. For me, I think the biggest gift that I like to give, I mean, I run workshops as part of my business. So I obviously Mm -hmm. do all sorts of different workshops on different wellness topics. But I think for me, it's just about keeping it simple and keeping it real. And it's, again, sounds basic, but I think most people, they make health super complicated and we all feel like we have to be perfectionists with health. And for me, it's just about staying real as a human being, knowing who you are, you know, getting some, certainly we need some education around what we should and shouldn't be doing, but mostly about knowing what makes us feel good, what gives us energy and just focusing on doing what we can to be a little bit healthier rather than going out and like signing up to a you know eight week f45 course and cutting out every carb on the planet and not eating sugar and what have you i think my biggest tip to people is just like pick one thing that you think would make the biggest difference to you and that you've noticed makes a change in your froth level or your energy Mm -hmm. or whatever and change that one thing so the one thing that's powerful. I just read a book called The One Thing. It's, oh, it's quite good. By me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, if someone's going to take that advice, what would you say a good reflection review system is for them when they're getting started? I think I like the traffic light system, which I mm-hmm. talk a lot about when I do like mindful eating workshops, which I'm really big on. So, obviously, if something, and this could be food or it could be an activity or it could be people, like definitely I think about this a lot when it comes to the people I choose to hang out with. But a green light is obviously someone who you'd probably call a frother who really mm-hmm. like gets you up and about or a food that makes you feel energized and more creative and switched on. Or it might even be a form of exercise that makes you feel really good. And for some people, that could be yoga or others, it's F45. And everyone's so different so noticing what gives you the green light an orange light is obviously where it's something that keeps you kind of neutral so it makes no change and that might be something you have in your life but not as don't seek out as frequently and then obviously the red light are the things like going on a massive sugar binge where maybe you feel like you need a nap for three hours afterwards or hanging out with someone that's a real drainer and just makes you feel like rubbish about yourself so i like that traffic light system i think it's really nice amazing i think i'm gonna try that one this week and i'll (laughs) let you know how it goes so we talked about Socrates, obviously passed away. Uh, what, take me to the ultimate meeting with a hero frother of yours. And yeah, take me to the first 15, me- 15 minutes uh, with that person. I think <laughs> I was just, I'm tossing up between Sam Harris, who I have this like undying love for, and again, Alain de Baton. I think I'd pick Alain. 
Um, have, hang on, have a party with Sam Harris oh, and Alanda. You can, yeah, you can, you can do it. You can do it. I don't know Alanda. Assume he's part of the School of School Life, of right? He started, um, it. he started it. Okay, yeah. Sam Harris, uh, amazing podcaster, modern day philosopher. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, feels. Uh, what would you call him? An advocate for spirituality as well as just not talking shit. Like he just says it how it is. Uh, ruffles a lot of feathers, but amazing. Yeah, yeah. take me to that fifteen yeah. minutes. I think I would, I would start by saying that they would have invited me to the party because I would really, <laughs> that would be just the ultimate accolade to be invited by the two of those to hang out with them. And I'd want it to be in some sort of like really intimate, this is sounding a bit romantic, but not, you know, maybe. Like, have you got two passes? <laughs> yeah, my two free passes. This is getting kinky. Um, <laughs> so probably in like a overcrowded library with a really good bottle of Shiraz and like a bit of like jazz playing in the background to really set the scene. And I'd like to say that the 15 minutes would involve us having a really intellectual, deep conversation, but in all reality, it would probably be just me fangirling and asking them a million questions and them giving me really insightful answers, I think. That's an interesting one because I haven't actually thought about or what questions you would ask because I am jamming people for a 15-minute meeting with like their heroes that they've probably got a million, billion questions. I'm going to put you on the spot. What would be the one question that you would ask those two guys? Or maybe you could have one for each, but yeah. Oh, I think from Sam Harris talks a lot about consciousness mm-hmm. and I, I'm so fascinated by consciousness and everyone, we talk a lot when we're trying to meditate about the goal being realizing that there is no I. And I think some sort of question around like how we can come to that realization more easily because I find it really, I have brief fleeting moments where I feel like I'm sort of in touch with my consciousness, but it's so brief. So some guidance around that. And then from Alan, gosh, I would ask some sort of big humanity question, you know, about the direction of, gosh, I'm so fascinated by AI and global warming. And I think he's got this real kind of uh, realist attitude and, and modern day philosophy attitude and maybe some guidance from him around what we as individuals can be doing to help the planet move in a good direction from that perspective. I love those questions. You, you should have your own podcast. Oh, thanks, Benny. <laughs> uh, so I was thinking a little bit about your meditative practice. Uh, having coming back from the 10, 10 day silent retreat, what is your meditative practice now that you do? You said you do 20 minutes per day, twice a day, if you can. Um, what is that practice? What does it look like? So I varied a lot in my meditation and reading Sam Harris. I don't know if you've read Sam Harris's waking up book, but he talks a lot about like how he's kind of gone through this journey of trialing all the different types, which makes me feel a bit more at peace with my sort of scattered meditation journey. Um, but I was doing the more sort of Vedic mantra style meditation before I went on the retreat that I've just come back from. But now I've moved more into this Vipassana meditation, which is essentially like, you know, and I'm simplifying this and they'd probably hate me for saying this, but it's basically body scan meditation. So, from a scientific perspective and being a physio, obviously that's sort of despite all my yabbering about philosophy, that's where I come from. It, it makes a lot of sense because it's all about learning how to focus the mind and using your body as the anchor point. And if you can become better at noticing your own emotions and sensations throughout your own body, you can become better at not reacting to them. So I think it kind of makes more sense on a deeper level, a, a more neuroplastic level kind of rather than the mantra based meditation for me at least and so that's what i've been doing you are meant to do in this style two one hour sessions a day but like i think unless you are a monk or you know you really have the time to dedicate which i just don't i i think the 20 minutes twice a day serves me relatively well yeah 
I like that. That's more committed than I. I usually get a bit restless after 10 minutes. Yeah. But I did, um, I attended a Mind Valley event on the weekend. Uh, and that was kind of, they went through like a six phase meditation that was invented by the founder, Vishen Lakhiani. And I kind of like that because it was, I do a lot of just silent meditation, try and clear thoughts. But this was kind of just like, this is the first thing you do through to the sixth thing. Yeah. And there was a lot of shit going on. So I was kind of like, I feel like if you can, if you have different tools in your belt when it comes totally. to meditation, that that's something that's pretty epic. Yeah. I want to touch on, uh, you work with some amazing sporting clubs and, and I guess people. Is there any, who's the biggest frother that you've ever worked with in terms of <laughs> in the sports space? To be honest, I mean, I, since I moved, I moved to Sydney a year ago, so I was working at a clinic called Olympic Park Sports Medicine, and that's where I worked with all of the big sporting teams and yeah, everything. Yeah. And um, since I've moved to Sydney, I've been working more on my business side of stuff, so less so working with the sporting frothers up here. Um, Look, I worked with AFL players, like you said, like people that were competing in the Australian Open and that sort of stuff. But for me, it was always, and this is like a bit of a lame answer, but the, the biggest frothers were these people who were like, I don't know, 50 years old. They never run a day in their life. And they're like, I'm going to run a marathon and I want you to teach me how I can get there without getting injured. And they would literally commit themselves. And it didn't matter. Like I'd, you know, set them these programs that were pretty labor intensive and say, you know, we're really going to have to, it's going to have to take a year to get you there because you can't do this quickly. And they, they to me are the most inspiring people because they've gone from like being on the couch or lying in bed or like some of them had depression or, you know, like people that have really had it tough and, somehow managed to pull themselves out of that to me is so much more inspiring than someone who's been like a natural athlete from the age of six and like could you know basically have won the grand final when they was 12 years old like if you're genetically blessed and you've come from a great family good on you and it's awesome and you still have to work hard but these people that have come from a hard place and they maybe were born with you know injury prone bodies or what have you and then they still decide to put the grit in and make it that's what i'm really impressed by I love that. That's such a perfect segue for me <laughs> to say, how can people connect with you? Maybe you are a 50-year-old frother, 50, 60-year-old frother who wants to run a marathon or do some feat. Uh, Beck may be the perfect person for you. So how do people connect with you? Um, so I have my website, which is for my workshops and stuff, which is groundworkwellbeing.com. And you can find me on Instagram, beckrow underscore physio. And, or hit me up on LinkedIn, beckrow. R-O-W-E, whatever works for you. You can get through, through to Benny and find me that way. So the one last thing i like to do, um, thanks you so much for coming on. It's been a rad conversation always and looking forward to connecting more in Bondi over the summer. One thing I like to do is connect a frother with a frother and I've got a frother who lives in Bondi um, who's super inspirational to me. Like I've only hung out with him three times. He's been on the podcast now uh, as well. Um, and he's basically like, he'll just, similar to yourself, he'll just go, he's a go-getter. Um, and within sort of 10 minutes, you'll be working on a workshop with him or doing some something cool. And um, yeah, so Dave Power to Bain. I don't know if you've seen him around the Bondi space or on Instagram. Uh, he's a new mate of mine. Uh, if you haven't met him, that's even better. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm going to link you guys up, go grab a coffee in Bondi and just have a frothing conversation. Amazing. I was hoping it was going to be a lun, but I'll take Dave. Sounds great. <laughs> hey, you've put it out into the universe now, and the whole point of finding the frothers is to get us to connect with these people. Um, and I actually emailed some people from, uh, oh my god, the the School of Life, um, and they didn't get back to me. But I'll persevere, and I think we should persevere until till we get through and we run a workshop for them. Great. I'm 
I'm in, I'll be all amongst it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good with the ulterior motives of trying to connect with the founder. <laughs> Beautiful. Thanks for coming on and uh, yeah, looking forward to hanging more. Thank you, Benny. Quick one, guys, to keep this show afloat, feel free to subscribe and share the love. Maybe even leave a cheeky comment review. That'd be awesome. You can find the show notes on my website at bennywallington.com. And finally, this episode was sponsored by my grandma, Joyce Reichel, who passed away last year from dementia. She was one of the original frothers and would talk to anyone on the bus, train, or wherever and generously impart her energy and wisdom. So if you see an elderly person who is looking for someone to froth with, go and hang out with them. They've got the best stories. Also, a huge shout out to our producer, Lily Haynes, for bringing this to life and Billy Otto, who created that beautiful introduction in true Billy Otto style. Also, my buddies in Australia and the UK who have been super generous in swimming me feedback. In a way, all of you guys are sponsoring me with your time. Love to the guests, past and future, and also to you guys for listening. Ciao for now. You.